0: Hello and welcome to For the Love of People podcast. My name is Shania Khan. I'm a marketing expert, business coach, brand strategist, and founder of For the Love of People group, content marketing agency. I love helping people nail down their brand message via great content that people will absolutely love. If you're looking to grow your business and yourself professionally, personally, this podcast is definitely for you. My goal is to take you and your brand to the next level By inspiring you with stories from other brand founders like myself, I provide you with specific tips and tricks to take your marketing and self-development game to the next level. We're about to have so much fun together. Thank you again for joining me and let's dive right in. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of People I have a guest finally. Um, We have kind of stopped having guests on the show because it was the holiday season and the New Year's came and I feel like it's still last year. So I have a guest who graciously agreed to be on uh, my podcast. And I'm so excited because we met through mutual friends and then we formed a friendship and we follow each other on social media. So I already feel like I know her really well. Um, She is a huge positive person. She does a lot of big things and she's someone that all women should look up to. So I'm going to introduce Dr. Julie Hakim. She's a board certified OBGYN with a subspecialty in pediatric gynecology and an advanced degree in vaginal wound healing. She's also the co-founder and medical director of Femtech Focus. She also has a podcast called Femtech Focus. Dr. Hakim is part of a new wave of Femtech innovators disrupting the market through technologies in the field of women's health and wellness. She's the co-inventor of a patent for the world's first vaginal stent, designed specifically for pediatric and adolescent gynecology. The stent's design aids in vaginal healing and recovery following the trauma of surgical or radiation treatments. This invention has been achieved by Dr. Hakeem and her all-women research lab based in the largest medical center in the world. Dr. Julia Hakeem is also the first and only pediatric gynecologist in North America to run a basic science lab. So, Dr. Julia Hakeem, okay, first of all, I just read this bio and I'm I'm impressed all over again. Um, Welcome to the show, and please tell us a little bit about yourself, what you want to add, um, how you got started, and we'll get into questions.
1: First of all, Shania, thank you so much for having me here with you today. I can't tell you how much I love following you on social media. I love everything that you're about. I'm a big believer in momentum and in energy and in the connection between people. And there is something about you um, that resonates really deeply in something about me and something about me. And it's just an amazing connection that I feel with you. And so I'm really, really, really happy to be here with you today. Um, thank you.
0: I'm so flattered.
1: Um, I don't, that,
0: that means so much to me. You don't even understand. Um, and you have your own podcast, so let's plug that really quick because people need to listen to what man, woman, everyone. So can you tell us a little bit about your podcast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I would love to. Um, so I am a, the co-founder and uh, medical director of Femtech Focus. Femtech Focus uh, is a non-for-profit organization. Um, I have an amazing co-founder. Her name is Brittany Barreto. She is just a force to be reckoned with. She's inspiring on all levels. And basically, Femtech Focus was founded to um, empower, equip, and bring together healthcare professionals, life science entrepreneurs, and investors who are forward thinking, basically to revolutionize women's health and wellness. So we want to educate. We want to inspire. We want to create awareness and raise awareness of the importance and impact, um, and also the success of the Femtech Uh, industry writ large, basically within the industry and within our own conversations with ourselves. And so we have this amazing podcast. I think if you haven't heard it, Brittany does an amazing job on it. I have been on it multiple times. I enjoy every conversation that's there. And the opportunities that we create uh, for, you know, Femtech founders, for investors, for corporations basically happen through a lot of the exposure on the podcast, through networking and other matchmaking activities that we, um, curate. And so I would really encourage anybody who's, you know, interested in women's health and wellness, um, or any of the, you know, uh, conversations about issues that solely or disproportionately, or even differentially affect women uh, really, you should listen to this podcast. It's amazing. It's fun. It's light, it's impactful. And I think it will serve people and women really well going forward so that they have their eyes sort of wide open to what is this nascent, um, this nascent wave, which has turned into not just a niche, um, market, but is really the conversation to be having.
0: And I also feel like even if you're not a woman, and even if you feel like you're not interested in this topic, um, I believe that everyone should be listening to this podcast and educating themselves. Because the more educated we become on women's health um, and this topic in particular, uh, the more uh, you know we can go out there and educate others. Because I there's a there's you know, uh, I mean, culturally and this is probably even just like a family thing that gets passed down, but it's not, it's embarrassing to get your period. It's, it's like, you have to hide your tampons. You have to hide your pads. Don't, don't tell people it's, there's so many, I mean, there's so many things we can get into and talk for about like six hours straight, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like stigma behind women's health and all the things that happen to us that we're ashamed to talk about. Uh, because we were taught to be ashamed, um, and and I'm not talking about specifically about my parents or anything. I mean, my my parents have been super cool about all that stuff. It's just it, in society in general. I was raised in different countries too, and it's like mm-hmm. you don't talk about oh I, I have my period or your tampons mm-hmm. or your pads or your cramps or anything because then it's it, first of all it's quotes gross mm-hmm. and it's also like you're weak. So. I I appreciate this podcast. And I think anyone that has been raised like that and needs to kind of change um, their understanding around women's health, because I think a lot of people, women especially, and men, I'm going to add, don't even understand their bodies.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is a great segue. You're right. It's not just about women or those who identify as women or those who maybe are women and don't wish they weren't or their partners, or men, or the industry sectors, or, you know, investors, really, it's again, it's about having um, the knowledge of your body, having open and vulnerable conversations, which I think is really the first step towards acknowledging, you know, who you are, where you want to go, what is important to you. Um, I always say, you know, gynecology, or women's health, and talking about your body things are taboo because we don't talk about them enough. And because the conversations are uncomfortable, it doesn't mean that they're not important. And I think getting more comfortable with having, you know, discussions about who I am in my body and what are the things that I'm experiencing in my body can only help in terms of uh, moving conversations forward that need to happen. I always like to say gynecology is a bridge to a bigger conversation. And, I think what this podcast does is have those conversations openly, um, really open people's eyes to, um, you know, what women or those who identify as women writ large are experiencing and what the opportunities are to move this field forward, both from an industry standpoint, but most importantly, from a conversational standpoint, um,
0: Completely agree, and I also I love mm-hmm. that you said those who identify as women because it's not mm-hmm. as simple as men and women. No, not at and all. And I think a lot of people forget that there are there are people that identify as women and they also don't know where to go and who to turn to and what to do. Yeah. So Absolutely.
1: I completely that. Absolutely, and I and I. I really resonate with what you're saying, you know, and what you've said is that it's not just women who, you know, have had experiences where talking about what is going on with their body is not something that was done. Right. And it feels uncomfortable. Um, I think that also happens with men. I think that also happens with those who identify as men, you know, it's, it's, or, you know, I think just humans in general, let's just take out the men and women. I think humans in general are recognizing that they want to talk and that they're looking for platforms to share their experiences and have shared experiences with other people. Um, And that power of like collective, um, really collective conversations and then directing the rest of the conversations after that um, is really powerful, I think. I think hope and agency are two of the most powerful things that you can give other people. And when you can share your experience with somebody and have hope that, you, you know, knowledge that you're not terminally unique, you're not the only person experiencing this, know that there's opportunities for change if you don't like something about your the experience of your life have that hope and then have agency over what you want to experience in your life. Um, those are the powerful conversations. Gynecology and girl bits are one aspect of that. Um, and I think femtech and, uh, the, the online gynecology platform that I started called Somos GYN are all parts of that. It's all part of hope and agency being given on a, on a broad scale.
0: Can you tell me about uh, Somos GYN because I'm very interested um, on what this is. Can you tell everyone what what this focuses on and what it's all about?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's a great dovetail over what you had mentioned in terms of, um, you know, largely for a lot of women not feeling comfortable talking about their gynecologic experience. And as a pediatric gynecologist, I see that every day, all day with each of my patients, it's it's uncomfortable to talk about some of these um, things that are happening to our bodies. And so I started Somos GYN because um, I was recognizing that I was getting the same themes over and over, and I was seeing the same questions come back, um, in my clinic, and I was recognizing the same discomforts, regardless of a f- cultural background or or anything. The same discomforts were coming coming up every day in clinic. So I started this bilingual, Spanish and English online platform, really to um, inform um, and, but more importantly, empower adolescents and young women in in gynecology, in their gynecologic experience, in really helping them, um, translate the signal from noise of what's out there in the world in terms of taking agency over their own experience of being a woman, whether that starts from a young adolescent or that's, you know, a young woman who's burgeoning and like entering, you know, into her full expression of who she is. But I really felt, um, passionate and called to put it out in a language, truthfully, that I'm still learning. But I really wanted women to be able to receive that information in whatever language they were the most comfortable in. The majority of my patients are Latinas. Um, Some of their families don't speak a lot of English. And I still wanted to make sure that we could democratize the access to information about their bodies and about their options, and so um, that's why I started so much Gyn. Is just as the one part of the education arm of FemTech Focus.
0: I love that, and you know what else? Um, I think that um, when you go on the internet or you Google something, or you know, I don't think anyone uses Bing, but <laughs> when you Google something. Um, how do you feel about the internet? Because this is so interesting. Cause I, I come from a family of, of, of like doctors and surgeons and medical professionals and stuff like that. And they roll their eyes every time I'm like, Oh, I just like checked on Google before I decided to call you and ask. And they, I mean, a lot of them feel very strongly that the internet is just full of the wrong kinds of information. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think it's a, it's a positive or a negative that we have so much knowledge at our fingertips?
1: I, or information, I, not knowledge yeah, information. I, totally. I think there's kind of a macro level answer to that question, and then there's a micro level answer. I think the world has changed, and I think it was changing in terms of how medical information is provided to people from the sort of traditional approach of I'm going to go to a clinic or a brick and mortar and sit in front of somebody with a white coat and and be given like spoon fed information to people wanting to take agency and, and, and sort of take charge of their experience um, and, and sort of get out ahead of their own experience and not just wait for somebody to spoon feed them, you know, whatever information. So I think especially COVID, I think, highlighted that, right? I think there's a lot of obstacles to coming to see a doctor in sort of the traditional way that people access medical information. So, of course, people are turning more towards each other and towards the Internet uh, writ large to gain access to some of their information um, and maybe even most of their information. There's good and bad on either sides of everything, right? There's nothing, there's no hundreds or zeros in life and there's no ones or zeros. Um, Nothing is binary. So I feel that there are some wonderful aspects of having uh, like plethora of information at your fingertips. The challenge in that is reducing the signal from the noise, right? There's a lot of people out there that will line up on either side of any opinion, right? If you say, um, do IUDs, uh, cause depression? You're going to have as many websites saying IUDs are horrible and the worst thing ever. And, you know, equal number of people who are lining up on the other side of it. And so what makes it hard is to know who, who, how do you get sort of information that is unbiased and presents both aspects, um, so that people can really largely, Form their own opinions about what works best for their body and then ask for advice from somebody who has, you know, maybe more experience or more expertise in this one area. So do I think all of Google is bad for getting medical opinions and advice? Not at all. But I do think knowing where you're looking is important um, before, you know, forming opinions.
0: I like that. I think that going into this like crazy vortex of forums and people that are just are throwing their opinions out there is not good. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do. So what I, what I do like about Google is that you can look something up and be educated before you Mm -hmm. go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So you can ask more educated questions and say, okay. This is what I'm having. Do you think it's this or do you think it's that? These are my symptoms. This is what I think I'm near. So, I mean, talking to someone like my brother, who is also a doctor, he says he likes it when patients come in Mm -hmm. a little bit more educated and he likes it when they're like giving him the right symptoms because walking and saying, oh, I just have, I have a stomach ache is a really like, it's a difficult task, right? Totally. To, To narrow down okay, well, you have a stomachache, what else are your symptoms? And then it's like the symptoms of the hundred other things that could be happening. Yes. So I think he said it avoids a lot of like unnecessary testing and and time waste.
1: And I think, you know me, um, I'm, I'm really big on intentionality, right. Being intentional. And I think that is one of the, the things, one of the great things about, you know, having people empower themselves by using the internet is that you're very, you can be a lot more intentional about the experience you want to curate for yourself and the questions, as you said, that you're going to ask in order to get to those outcomes. So for example, when I have a patient who let's say comes uh, for any number of GYN issues, and we're talking about hormone treatments, and I, or they're coming for contraception. And I ask, well, what are the aspects of contraception that are important to you? If, if the answer is, I don't know, that's totally fine. And now it's a different conversation. It's more of a broad, like here, are here are the options. And then we narrow them down based on what you think is important for you um, at this moment versus somebody who comes in and says, well, what's important for me is I'm ready to get pregnant now, or I'm not. I, I want something reversible. I I've, I'm concerned about this type of hormone or this I've heard this experience or this, you know, that's a much more focused conversation. And I think it allows me to support their choices uh, that feel best for them in a way that is not as broad and overwhelming, you know?
0: I totally agree. I mean, I, it is overwhelming. You're, I mean, the, the human body's overwhelms the whole human body right. overwhelms me. So I'm, I, and I'm as you get older, you kind of like start figuring out how the car works, as they say. But yes. when you're younger, you're so confused yeah. the whole time. You're like, I don't know what's happening to me. Um, and I think that it's important to also go to um, medical professionals that are more. I don't want to say educated, maybe more empathetic or, um, have more of that emotional intelligence. Um, and it's, it's all about finding the right person too, right? There's people that you just feel comfortable with and there's people that you don't. And I think it's about, Mm -hmm. if you agree, going and finding the right person for you.
1: Exactly. and, and I think, I mean, you said a lot in there that, that I think is really rich. You know, I, I agree with you completely. The, the body can be very overwhelming, right? There's, I think not only when you're an adolescent and, you know, everything is changing all at once, but you know, the, the, the transition to menopause or the perimenopausal period really sneaks up on people, um, or can, and then suddenly there's other changes happening. And, and I've heard from a lot of women, they feel unprepared. There's, you know, suddenly scrambling of like, well, what does this mean? There's a lot of conflicting information. Do I take hormones? Do I not? I'm, I'm scared. Um, I don't know how to have these conversations. Um, you know, with my partner because I feel this or that or whatever. I'm no longer in control of my body. Um, so yeah, it can feel really overwhelming. Um, and I think that's part of the privilege of, you know, working with somebody is not just to like, here, I'm going to spoon feed you, um, this answer, or I'm going to give you all this medical information and just like kind of vomit it at you, but really try and understand what are the major issues that you're experiencing, what would you like to feel instead? Um, or what would you like to experience? What are the things that are important for you? Not only for your the experience of your body, but even writ large for the experience of your life. Um, and then how can I help you and how can I support you to get there? And whether one aspect of it is medication or one aspect of it is information and other aspects are all of the rest of the Um, sort of, I don't want to say ancillary, but as important, but to the side of the gynecologic experience that I could, you know, facilitate a conversation about um, that also add a richness to your life. Um, And I can get more specific about what those are, but you're right. It's about finding the person that you feel comfortable having these kind of really in-depth discussions with, you know, what makes it hard and challenging in a sort of traditional uh, way that people have gotten their medical um, experience so far is that we're, we're time-based, right? So we, we only have a certain amount of time for each patient. And that makes it really hard to, it makes it hard and also really rich to, to um, connect at a deeper level with somebody, because in order for somebody to volunteer, um, you know, I'm I'm experiencing these hot flashes. Um, I, I don't know what's going on, but my vagina feels really dry. It feels uncomfortable. I'm having UTIs. I'm having bleeding. Uh, I don't really. I'm not interested in sex. Um, my partner is struggling with that. I'm struggling with that therefore I struggle at work and, you know, I don't feel in control. Like that's a really big conversation to have. And it's um, I think you're right. You have to resonate with the person who's sitting with you, not in front of you, but walking with you in that journey in order to have those bigger conversations.
0: Um, Yes. Thank you for saying that. And I think people just have to have more courage when they go to the doctor and know that they're not judging them. They're just doing their job. And the more information and more honest you are, the better they can do their job, you know, even on the, on the, uh, on a lighter note, when they're like, how much do you drink a week? I'm like, Hmm, do I lie? Or do I (laughs) know, but it's like more than five glasses. Like, yeah, I have a glass of wine every night. I'm going to write more than five. And, but I think it's, it's important to be honest, (laughs) instead of being like, I don't want the doctor looking at me and thinking I'm an alcoholic, you know, but, um, I, I, I used to kind of be very scared of putting, um, stuff down on the forum that I feel like they would judge me or, or think that Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I don't know, like a weirdo or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now as I get older, I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to put it down. And if he wants to judge me or she wants to judge me, that's fine. But I have to make sure I'm taking care of my health and it's all about me at the end of the day anyways, when I go to the doctor. So, and it's helping them do their job better. So
1: absolutely. Um, I think sorry to just cut in there, but I think what you said deserves deserves a little highlight. I think when you find the right physician, you'll realize that for sure we're not judging and and you know we're humans too. And I think the other um, aspect to touch on is the issue of shame is a big one, right? And I think it's um, whether or not it's about how much. Um, alcohol is is taken in in a week versus how I feel about my body versus you know I I my libido is gone or or I can't have an orgasm whatever it is that experience of shame is a real one and I think that is one of the biggest um, privileges that I feel that I have um, in my clinic is just helping to normalize a lot of the experiences that people are having. Um, in order to, you know, provide a little bit more fodder for uh, ammunition, I guess, for the the conversation of self-compassion. Um, I think being a compassionate um, physician starts with being a self-compassionate person and being a compassionate marketer, being a compassionate, um, you know, wife, husband, girlfriend, whoever, you know, starts also with that self-compassion that nobody's judging you. And we're all in this together, really. And energy is energy. And we're all like really in this together. People want to cheer for you. They want you to succeed. And when you have that in your mind, you realize, yeah, my doctor's not judging me. My doctor just wants me to succeed, whatever that looks like.
0: Definitely. And I think energy has a lot to do with it and also positivity. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's people that are, uh, I know it's a medical term, hypochondriac. Some people just say they are, but um, some people really um, have these negative emotions, negative feelings, constantly, constantly think something's wrong with them. And I think you're right. It's about energy and about knowing that you're in control of your body. No one else is. It's just mm-hmm. you, yourself, and you. And the minute you start telling yourself positive things, Um, positive stuff does start to happen and always seek, seek help when you need it, of course, but I think sitting there and being, um, I I guess out of control, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and control. I think a part of control is going to the doctor, asking the right questions, saying Mm -hmm. what's actually going on with you. That's actually taking charge and control of your life. Um, and I see so many people that just feel like they're so out of control with everything that's happening with their body. It makes me sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, it goes back to sort of the earlier point that hope and agency, I think, are some of the, the most important, you know, th- privileges that that we, we as humans can provide for each other, you know, whatever, whatever um, sort of profession that you have. But you're right, I think how you feel about your body, how you feel in your body Right. That sense of like I'm out of control or I don't understand what's happening to me or I have terrible cramps two weeks out of the month or a week out of the month and I'm not functional. And I, I don't you know, I can't show up at work the right way and therefore I feel good. You know, like there's a lot of feelings of out of control and that women don't or, you know, don't want to experience in their bodies. And that definitely impacts how I feel in my body and about my body impacts the rest of my life. That is why gynecology is not just about girl bits. It's about the bigger conversations of the conversation I'm having with myself, the conversation I want to have with other people. And really the, like directing the playbook and story of your life starts with, I have control of what I am experiencing, body, mind, soul.
0: Right. Um, And then going
1: forward. Yeah.
0: I completely agree. Um, how did you, so tell me how you got started in this career. Like, have you ever always known you wanted to do this since you were little, or did something guide you here?
1: That is a great question. Um, uh, on one hand, yes, I knew I always wanted to be a doctor. That was, uh, that was clear to me from a really young age. Um, how I got here was not linear. Um, And I think like a lot of people, they've had sideways journeys um, that have taken them to where they are. And I fully am excited for the rest of the sideways journeys that are going to come to take me wherever it is that I'm going next. Um, But, uh, you know, going through medical school or even getting into medical school was a really um, challenging experience. And it took a lot of it took a lot of mindset work. I never realized until now that I had the tools even then, um, and that it, it, what I am experiencing now in terms of, um, you know, mindset and heart set are skills that I even started developing way back then. I just didn't know it then, but I heard a lot of no's. I mean, I had a lot of obstacles and I heard a lot of no's and it took a lot of, um, courage and resilience and grit, I guess Um, uh, those three things combined with a lot of chutzpah um, and and to, to even get into medical school and then go through it. um, I went to medical school in a language that I, that I didn't really speak um, because that was the interview I could get. So I applied to uh, medical schools in English and got told, no, got told you'd never make it, got told you're, you're not competitive um, I did poorly in my first year of pre-med. Um, and that GPA, you know, that brought down my GPA. I switched out of pre-med after that first year. Um, I hadn't really figured out how to study. I didn't, I compared myself to everyone else who I thought wasn't studying. Um, you know, high school had been fairly easy, so I I I didn't really ever figure out how do I how do I study. So anyways, point is I didn't do very well in my first year, Um, had to pivot. I pivoted right out of pre-med because I thought, okay, I guess guess this is the universe telling me this isn't for me. I went into something that I loved, which is political science and culture and history. So I did African studies because I absolutely love the intersection of um, culture um, and health and thought I was going to work for UNICEF. And then um, I applied to a medical school in French, um, not really speaking French, um, certainly not conversationally, and got an interview and um, had kind of three months to at least get fluent enough that I could get through the interview, let alone sort of sell a vision to this French school of why they should take an Anglophone kid in their French program and you know, what, what I was going to bring to their program. Um, I managed to get in, which was an amazing, um, gift, um, and privilege, and then had to learn medicine in French at the same time. It was really hard. Um, I really relied on my colleagues immensely, um, to help me understand what was being said. Um, Um,
0: I'm blown away. Okay. So first of all, that's like courageous because I don't know if I would ever go to a school that I didn't understand the language and then try to learn it. That's freaking, I, I don't even know what to say. I have no comment. That's amazing. That's, that's so cool. That's something that everyone should do, right? It's like so outside of your comfort zone and you did it.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yes. Thank you. And I think when I look back, I realize that a lot of the things that I'm experiencing now that I enjoy were all aspects that I curated for myself even then in the sense of, you know, uh, taking agency, right. And not, not taking no for an answer, finding a way around being brave, um, feeling like an imposter, right. I mean, it was, that was, uh, definitely, um, challenging and rising above it, finding people to finding a community to help you, whether that's your medical school colleagues or other, I really enjoyed connecting with people and, um, telling stories. And I think that's what, uh, that's why I connected medicine. And that's how I connected in that interview was even though it was in French and it was halting, I told a really great story about why I wanted to be there and why I deserve to be there and what I was going to do, um, with the gift of the opportunity that they would give me Um, And I think those, you know, selling the vision of who you are is exactly all the things that we've talked about, right? Having intentionality, curating the experience that you want, going in with a mindset of, I can, and I can do this. And, um, you know, working hard to silence all of the fears and self-doubts that a person has. So that was sort of just the journey to medical school. And then within medical school was a whole other Ball game of of opportunity where, um, I ended up starting an NGO um, in in Kenya um, that worked with uh, kids that were orphaned by HIV uh, all during medical school and residency, which was an amazing, again, opportunity of learning to build something, learning to have a vision, learning not to take no. Um, learning to, you know, feel that I could do it, even though I had no experience in it. I think all of those patterns that I've seen in my life are the same patterns that I have now. I'm just more intentional about focusing on those patterns and focusing on what I want to do with, uh, and what I want to experience with that intentionality and mindset of I can.
0: That's, uh, I'm again, blown away. Um, you've done so much that I feel like I need to go do more with my life, um, starting as soon as I get off this podcast, but that's, that's so amazing. And I know you volunteer your time a lot outside of all Mm -hmm. of the other things that you do. I don't even know how you have time to do anything, but, um, can you tell me a little bit about how you manage your time with all of this Mm -hmm. volunteering and extra stuff that you do?
1: yeah absolutely and and I guess I wanna just you know circle to the what you said before that um it, it's not about how many things that a person does, and i think i've I've gotten to that point of of realization you know it's not about I have to accomplish or i want to accomplish this this and this and do a hundred things and go a million miles an hour um i've I've come to the place where I recognize that the goals that i'm reaching for are, are really happiness and joy and peace and love, and then living my values. And I think those are the things that I'm searching for and seeking actively now to, to live through, not the, let me accomplish a million things, you know, before the age of whatever. Um, and when you get, when, now that I'm in that place, it feels A lot more delicious. Delicious is my favorite word. And, um, you know, coming to that place of realization of who you want to be and what you want to give to the world. Um, And it doesn't have to be. I love the word delicious. Delicious is my favorite. Yes. But yes, I can, I mean, I can speak to managing time. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm uh, an expert in it. I think it's uh, evolving um, process of learning for me. And I think, well, isn't that all of life, right? Uh, growing and processing and learning and getting better and, um, moving towards something. So I do my best. I have a success formula that I use really actively. And my success formula is about setting myself up to be the best that I can be. And for myself and for the people who are going to intersect with my energy during the day. Um, So on a, you know, one sense, I have my own like energy curation that I do actively, right? Again, everything is connected, mind, body, soul, right? So um, it's not just about what I feed my body, but it's about what I feed my mind. And then what I give off into the universe also allows me to see opportunities coming to you, right? They don't always knock on the door and have a sign that say, Hey, this is the next opportunity. You have to be able to be open enough to see it. So my success formula, which I can get into if you'd like is, is, um, part of that process. Um, yeah, I'm really intentional. Again, I'm really intentional about my day. Um, I'm intentional about how I set up, uh, every day of the week for me is a little bit different, which is something that I love, but it is also challenging about uh, my day-to-day experience. So on certain days, I only do certain things. So, you know, I only have clinic and focus on my clinical obligations on certain days, Um, you know, Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Um, Femtech is only on Fridays. Somos is, you know, most of the day on uh, Thursday afternoons. Lab is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. So I'm really intentional about how I set up my my week. And I'm also really intentional about what I say yes to. And I think that has been a really big learning opportunity. Um, I think when you get to a certain place, you realize that your inner peace is more important than any opportunity that comes. And unless it's a hell yes, right? We've all heard that. Unless it's a hell yes, it's a no. And the reason for that is that the energy that I recharge myself with has to be more than the energy I give out in in a large balance, right? Like not every day, but most days has to be um, not a net negative of energy out because that's how you get depleted. And that's how you don't, have a positive mindset and that's how you're not happy. And that influences how your body feels, how you feel about your body, what experiences you're having, you know, like everything feeds itself. So I would say to answer your question succinctly, I have a success formula and I'm really intentional.
0: I love that. And you know what? I, I, I knew I liked you from the moment I met you because I have the same, um, The same mindset. I'm always, so I really got into meditation. I love to meditate. It's my favorite thing. Sometimes I think I should stop meditating so much, but I don't think there's any, there's, there's no such thing as meditating so much, but I started waking up earlier just so I have time to meditate Mm -hmm. and I do it before bed now. And I do it in the middle of the afternoon, like whenever I need it. And I have also, um, I told you, have been reading so many books on like the power of positivity, the power of your thoughts, The and the more I've been practicing it, the more, the more opportunities have been coming my way. I mean, I've been asking, uh, during my meditations, bring me good people into my life, bring me good people that are going to be on this journey with me that are positive, that are productive, not busy, that are, um, that are trying to do good in the world, that are trying to change the world. And, um, that's how I met you. So, um, I love that. And I also, um, love that you're intentional and you, you understand the power of no. Um, because I used to do a lot of busy work and busy is not productive, right? We've all, we all know busy is not productive. I used to do a lot of busy work and just to, and this comes from coming from corporate America, where if you don't look like you're doing something frantically, then you don't look busy and you don't look um, like they're paying you enough to be there. So mm-hmm. I, I I picked up this horrible habit from corporate America. But then when I started my company, I realized that the more I spend on busy work, the less time I have to be a visionary, to be yeah. productive, to actually draw um, the right clients towards me to draw the right opportunities towards me. And the more stillness I felt, Mm -hmm. the more stuff had time to basically come to me. Because if you're moving constantly, things are chasing you. But if you're still, things are attracted to you. So um, I love that you said that because I'm totally the same way. I just have to start learning how to say no more because I am always like, sure, yes, okay. And then I
1: exhaust myself. Yeah and I think again I mean it's it's an ever expanding process right um I'm not saying that I'm an expert at it in any way um and I'm learning I'm learning it actively and enjoying every time that I say yes and every time that I say no because each one of them is a teacher right each one of them teaches me something important and I look at it as I'm not saying no I'm not saying no to this. I'm saying yes to something else. And what is that something else? Whether that's me, I'm saying yes to me. I'm saying yes to um, a boundary that I set for myself. And that feels good to me to be in alignment with the boundaries that I set. I'm saying yes to giving myself more time to then be um, somebody who can take time to meditate, somebody who can set myself up for success because I know that in so in when you have an abundance mindset right that the next opportunity is right in front of me and i just have to be able to see it and i will see it if i can get still enough to feel it um and so i don't look at it as like i'm saying no to this thing i'm saying yes to all the other things that i may not even see yet um and so it, it's it, it, yeah it's an ever expanding process into getting clear on exactly what you said is it productive or is it busy am i operating from a place of and you know if 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 i'm not feeling love joy peace and passion and service in my day i know i'm off i know that i haven't done the things that i need to do for myself to recharge myself um and and that's where that's where it starts from
0: yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, I I mean, how do you feel about, do you read? Do you read a lot of books?
1: Yeah, all the time. In fact, what's your well,
0: favorite book? Okay. Well, I won't cut you off, but after that, what's your favorite book?
1: I don't have necessarily a favorite book. I have a, a favorites, um, books that touch me at various points in my life. I I always feel that books are like humans, right? They come to you in the moment where you need them. Um, They teach you something, they give you something. And at various points, you're ready to receive part of it or all of it, you know? Um, Like maybe I read it at this point in my life and I only got this much out of it. And then maybe I read it later or some other book comes and then I realize, oh yeah, that first book that I was reading was also saying, um saying this, you know. Um I think people are often quite surprised I don't own a TV. I don't I don't really watch TV. Um it doesn't it doesn't nourish me in the way that um meditating or talking to somebody. Um I'd rather have a in-person experience or some kind of connection with somebody um whether that's through a book or through a conversation or uh whatever an experience outside than than I would to, you know, sit there and watch TV necessarily. So, um, yeah, I read a lot and I enjoy reading and I enjoy talking to other people about reading. Um, I would say one of the books that's touched me the most in the last year, um, I would say there's two right now. Um, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, Victor Frankl, that's one that I still think about, I still chew on. Um, The other one is the five love languages. I have that book on my bedside table and I open it at various passages. I just, you know, thumb through it, whatever, before I go to bed, I'll read one page and let it speak to me in some way and see what I can gain more from it. Um, I just finished reading, um, Maria Hinojosa's book or her biography on, uh, once I was you, that was very powerful. Um, It was really an examination of sort of culture and race and and uh, in America. Um, And um, right now I'm reading Homecoming by I'm going to probably mispronounce her last name, but by Yaa Ghazi. And it's about um, uh, the history of sort of the slave trade um, in um, the Gold Coast to, you know, uh, what is now North America. So uh, all of these books have touched me in various ways. They're all they're all really Im- important parts of my existence, honestly.
0: I have to read. All, I wrote them all down. I have to, the five lo- love languages. So many people have um, spoken to me about this book, but I I don't know why I've just never picked it up. Um, and I, I think I had someone else on the podcast, I believe it was Dwight and he spoke about the same book and he loves it. So I definitely have to pick it up. And then Man, search for meaning. Never heard of it. Wrote it down. Definitely gonna read it. I am a Kindle reader. Um, I love like physical books, but the problem mm-hmm. is, is that when I'm out and about, I I just want to like, if I have some free time, I just start reading. So yeah. the physical book thing is fun until you're you're not near it, and then you don't know what yeah. to do. So I do the Kindle, and then have some physical books. But I'm gonna pick these up um, from. Yeah the, the few bookstores that are left in the world. Very sad, very sad, Mm -hmm. everybody. Very, very sad. Um, what would you, so if you wrote a book or maybe you have written one, what would its title
1: be? It's title would be, um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about your book, uh, today, uh, unleash your glitter. I really love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, that title. I think it's so you and it's so powerful. I know that I want to have, I, I want to write a book about, uh, sort of that, the theme that we've talked about today, gynecology being a bridge to a bigger conversation. Um, because I think so much of what we experience as humans is not just, you know, the physical, um, I have a uterus and it hurts. I have a vagina and it's dry, whatever it is, you know, but it's, it's so much more of that. So that's the book that I want to write. Um, what the title is, is going to come to me in the in the moment that I need it to come.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that answer. You're like, when it comes, it comes and then it's just going to be on the page. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm so like that too. It's so funny. I'll just wait and I'll just be like, you know what? we're just going to wait. It's going to yeah. happen. It's going to come. It's, um, I it's, it's the moments where you're trying to remember someone's name or, yeah. or like a song and it won't come into your head because you're forcing it so badly. Yeah. And then the minute you stop, you release it and let it go. It's like instantly comes into yeah. your head. So you're right. It's like, let it go. And again, with the stillness, let it come to
1: you. And I love that. I love yeah. that, you said that. I think, um, I think, Again, it's a learned, it's something learned, right? Not to just be like in the doing of it, but in, in the receiving of it and in the receiving of it, I know it will come and I know it will be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Start from there, whether it's a book title or your life, um, it's then, then you're in the place of like, it's perfect and everything is perfect.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, I also wanted to, my next question, um, for you is so besides all of this amazing work that you do, um, you volunteer, you have a podcast, you're a doctor. Um, what are your hobbies? Like what's your favorite thing to do outside of work besides reading books? Um, are you a cooker? Are you a baker? Are you a traveler? Do you have a guilty pleasure?
1: yeah I mean, I have a whole bunch of hobbies I wouldn't say that are things that I really enjoy, things that bring me joy um and no one of them is more than the other. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what that alarm was um in a second, but uh I don't know if you heard my phone go off I did. I but yeah. okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what that, I'll tell you what that alarm is. Cause it, 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 it feeds into our conversation, but the hobbies that I enjoy. So I really enjoy my body. I enjoy working out. I enjoy how my body feels after I work out. I enjoy the feeling of being strong and capable and working on my mindset as much as, um, you know, enjoying how my body moves and how it feels. And, um, so I enjoy working out, I work out basically every day because that's my time for me to be with myself. Um, so that's one thing, I enjoy connecting with people. I love talking, I love meeting people, I love being out and about. I definitely love traveling and I've recently started traveling on my own which I think is absolutely delicious. Um, yeah. who, you, who you intersect with, where the wind blows you, um, of course, Yes, uh, enjoying travel with somebody is always is is absolutely fun, but it and it is also delicious to enjoy it with yourself. Um, I love to learn. So I'm always learning. I'm learning Spanish uh, as as quickly as I can. I love that. I love to dance and I love to sing. Um, I also love, yeah, love to sing. I love to sing. I sing sing myself, but I love to sing.
0: Karaoke time. Mariah karaoke. Um, So I know I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's like 11 o'clock. It's been an hour. Um, And I want to um, wrap up with you and basically um, see if you wanted to talk about anything else or give anybody. um, What's what's one piece of advice you would leave us with? and if you want to add anything else on top of that please do
1: i think what, one piece of advice that i want to uh leave people with is that their experience of their bodies does not have to be the experience that they always have and i and i really feel passionate about again i've said it before but you know hope and agency if something isn't feeling right to you if you're feeling overwhelmed if you want to make changes if if you are sitting in the contrast of where you are right the contrast being i'm experiencing these things and i recognize i don't like them and i would like something different um there are people out there who want to champion you and help you and cheer for you and walk with you on that journey and medicine and gynecology is one part of that and you know it would be a privilege for me or for you know, a lot of my colleagues to do that journey with you. So I guess the piece of advice is if there's something that isn't resonating for you in your life, whether it's mindset, body, heart, whatever it is, um, there are people out there who want to do that journey with you and it would be our privilege to. So I guess that's a lot. One last thing that I wanted to say, um,
0: find your tribe. And yeah.
1: Exactly. We're cheering and, and, and things are delicious.
0: Things are always delicious. I'm going to use that probably in the title somewhere.
1: Yes.
0: Um, I love that word.
1: Yeah. Yes. I tell some of my, my, you know, colleagues and, and some of the younger people that I mentor when they're asking advice, should I make this decision or that decision? Should I do this or that? I say, is what you're gonna do taste delicious to you. And that should start from there. And then things, you know, things evolve from just from that conversation.
0: Is that a book title, Dr. Julie? Is that
1: maybe it is? A book
0: title? Because I'm <laughs> feeling it. I mean, listen, it's not it doesn't have to be one book, right? It could be a series. So is that one of the book titles? I really like it.
1: Yeah. Is this delicious?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. Living your life. In the most delicious way possible.
1: Yes, uh, I don't love
0: really. it. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I it's been an hour, and I'm want to be respectful of your time, but I'm so honored you were on the episode. I cannot wait to talk to you and meet up with you again. And um, I will obviously keep up with you on Instagram. And then, can you let us know where people can follow you um, and uh, learn more about you?
1: Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, first of all, it's been absolutely my honor and privilege. And I really, you know, as you have uh, said in your meditations, you know, I I hope for people to come into my life and to intersect my life who are magical and magnetic, and that's you. And so it's been a uh, absolute privilege to be across the computer from you and feel that resonance and and magnetism. So thank you for being you and for doing this and for, um, you know, sharing this conversation with me. Um, people can absolutely find me, um, on Instagram, um, at Dr. Julie GYN. So D-R-J-U-L-I-E G-Y-N or at somos. S O M O S G Y N or at Femtech focus and happy to chat at any time.
0: Thank you so much. I'm going to write these in the show notes. Um, and, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Happy new year. And Dr. Julie, I will see you around town.
1: You absolutely will. And it will be delicious.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yes. Bye. <laughs> bye. For the love, people. <gasps>